I'm back. It's your boy, Ace Cannon. Truth to power. I'm here with my illustrious friend. Hell yeah. Curious G. Yeah. About goddamn time. That's all I got to say about that shit. It's been a minute, man. Mm, all right. So this motherfucker don't know the topic. Never. As usual. Doesn't know the topic. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually, we're going to do, um, we're going to do this topic, but on two different topics. But, but the topic is basically being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. And I'll give you a little bit of a gist. And I think there's going to be talked about in the podcast at some point. I wanted to write a song. It's called Built for This. And it's about my relationship with the page as a poet. And I told Rob, when you make the music, give me music that shows your relationship with your keyboard when you make your music. And he came back with some dance. Okay. Music. Okay. And I said, this is not what I do. By la most, huh? But, you know, you're, a, you're an honorable person. I know that you're an honorable person. And I, too, try to be an honorable person. And when I asked him to do that and he gave me what he gave me, I didn't want to disrespect him and say, I'm not going to try it. So I said, I'm going to try it. But it was fucking uncomfortable. So I like the topic of being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I think this is, this is about growth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So have you ever been comfortable in the uncomfortable or have you been tempted to stay in your comfort zone? Well, yeah, I'm, you know, the first time, you know, I rapped in front of people, mm. you know, I wasn't like Jay-Z out there just spitting bars, DMX running around the stage or some shit like that. You know, I was hella nervous. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there's that, but even the first thing that came to mind when you actually said that was sports is what I thought about. Um, because, you know, there's times where, you know, it, it was very rare that this is going to sound super pompous, but even growing up, it was very rare that people were better than me. Okay. You know, like, I mean, I was one of the best players. I mean, well, from, you, from, you went on to play in college. Yeah. I got a, you know, a full ride to play in college. Yeah, so, I mean, so. I, can, I can play a little bit, but there's times where, you know, where things weren't working out well and it just felt very uncomfortable. And, and I just didn't want to, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to give up though. Cause I think when you're uncomfortable, that's when like greatness happens. You know, you told me something about like how you would sometimes forget what you were actually doing. You were so much in the moment out there. Yeah. I mean, there was times where I'd block out, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it's like the zone, like you're in the zone and it's just muscle memory when you're just doing things. I mean, there's some times where I've done some things that are pretty dope but it's just because like the fluidity of my body just decided to do what it wants to do, mm. you know, where it's just poetry in motion as I've heard it called before, but there's that. And just even relationships, you know, just being uncomfortable, but trying to stay comfortable. You've been uncomfortable in relationships, bro. <laughs> dude, come on, bro. Come on, dude. Why? You, you're telling me that like, there's, there's moments where you know, you did something wrong. Well, yeah. In relationships, there's been a few moments that I've done. That's what I'm saying. And that what, what you were comfortable in those moments. 
Hmm. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't done too many things wrong in relationships. You're talking about like cheating and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, yeah. I, I've made every mistake once. Yeah. I've never, well, I've never cheated, but I think it's even like white line and then you get caught, mm. you know, like, oh, I'm just going to stay in and do well, this. I cheated. And when I was in high school, the girl I was with for years in high school, I cheated. Yeah, it's something and, I've never done. And she was a she was not, not just a black belt. She was com, <laughs> she was competing for the Olympics. Okay. And the day that I got caught, she had just won the national title for Junior Olympics as a black belt in Taekwondo. And she came home early, right, to tell me and came to my bedroom and I got caught in the act. Oh. In the Ooh. act. This is a national champion. <laughs> Of Taekwondo, bro. Did she say, what the? Oh, she could have. She could. I, I actually did what Eddie Murphy talked about, running naked. Running naked, apologize. yeah. Apologizing. I'm yeah. sorry, baby. <laughs> Dick's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run into anything. Oh, true story, though. Yeah, that's you know, great. That's a good yeah. story. I was I was uncomfortable then, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> was that what you were getting at, though? Um. Well, no, that ain't really like this idea, the the idea of being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, it, it's for me, like, I'll give you an example. Um, I have a cousin, I ain't gonna mention his name, but that motherfucker lives in a bubble. In his bubble, he's confident as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. He knows what's up and he's going to talk some shit, but you get him outside of his comfort zone, right? I'm driving him to the airport one day. He's getting ready to fly out to Florida. Now, you got a picture. This You ever seen that movie, Step Brothers? Yeah. That's my cousin. He lived okay. with his mom until he was almost 50 years old. He's nine months younger than me, right? Doesn't know how to do shit. Very confident in his bubble. Outside his bubble, not so confident. I'm driving him to the airport, fixing to drop him off right outside. You know how you drive people up to the mm-hmm. airport? You go, all right, see you, motherfucker. Yep. Right? I said, you cool? He's like, no, man, I'm scared to death. What? You're on, you're 50 years old. You can't go to an airport by yourself. <laughs> so what I mean by, by comfortable in the uncomfortable, I think that to actually grow as a human being, that we have to be at some point comfortable in the uncomfortable. Because here's the thing. The world is fucking big. If I expect the world to adjust to me, that's an expectation set to fall. Absolutely. Right. The world is bigger than me. I have to adjust to it all the time. Daily. Daily. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, it. if you were, <clears throat> you know, I've heard this, I believe it's Muhammad Ali, but it, you know, they always say like, if you're the same person you were 10 years ago, you wasted 10 years of your life. Ooh, you said that before on the podcast. Actually. Yeah. And it's one I of like my, that saying. it's one of my favorites because you, you got to try to better yourself. And you know, people, you, I've heard both sides of the coin, you know, change is good, but I also heard is like change, you know, change is uncomfortable. And mm. if you're going to, like you say, if you're going to expand your thought process and expand expand your experiences, you're going to have to do things that you've never done before. It's like you're saying, the bubble, you know, it's easy to keep doing the things you're good at. You know, it's very easy. And it's easy to keep doing that because you know, you know what it, you know, you know the outcome. 
you know, you know what it's going to be. Yeah. But if you, if you truly want to experience, I believe life, you're going to have to go and, you know, meet people that you didn't expect to meet, hear a different perspective. You know, you, everything that you may have learned in your life may be shattered by someone else's truth, Mm. but it may open your eyes. To a new way. To a new way, which isn't a bad thing. Fuck no. You know, I think, I think it's a great thing. I, like I, I thoroughly enjoy being proven wrong because like you're saying the same thing, it's easy to keep thinking the things that you think, you know, it's, it's, it's easy, very easy. You know, it's just what it is. So, you know, when you hear people, that's why I wish that there was just like ways to actually have conversations with two different ideals without even trying to think that there's a threat. Well, we're, you know? that's the show. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the ugly <clears throat> truth. Remember the first episode that we had, the ugly truth? Yeah. Right? We're looking for the ugly truths, the things that make people uncomfortable in a sense. You know, not that we're trying to make people uncomfortable, but uh, there's got to be a place to talk about this stuff. Yeah. And it's just meant to, like, and it's, like, I hope sometimes people cringe, mm. you know, but I also hope sometimes that, you know, it knocks you upside the head like two days later and you're still thinking about it. You know, I like that shit when it happens to me. Me too, man. Because I'm just like, huh, huh, fuck. Damn, they were right. You know, <laughs> it's just like putting, putting pieces of puzzles together and just realizing that we don't know shit. You know, I'll give you a quote. And, I and like this quotes. is from Martin Luther King. And, but then I want to talk about Malcolm X right afterwards, because one dude makes me think of the other dude, right? Yeah, they go hand in hand so, for sure. So this is Martin Luther King. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort, but where he stands at times of challenge and yeah. controversy. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of the idea here. And that's kind of what I want to zero in on. And, you know, I... I brought up Malcolm X for a specific reason. He's one of my heroes in a way because, you know, he was a dude that that became very religious while he was in prison and totally bought into the religion that, that he became a part of. And then once he got to a certain place within that religion, he saw some of the leaders that that was above him and he saw some things that disturbed him, Right. Uh, I forget the dude's name, but he was sleeping with, you know, young girls and stuff like that, a bunch of them, right? And it, it devastated him, right? But for him to take a step back, because most people it, in, in those type of situations, they justify, they um, they give reasons why it's okay, right? Yeah. That's one of the things about our beliefs. Like, like we protect our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. But he didn't protect his beliefs. He found his footing. And as a leader, he took his devastation and he moved in a different direction. And it was probably one of the things that people killed him for. But he was going to speak his truth to power. You know, Um, if you agree with the dude or not, to me, it's very respectful because as a leader, I mean, there's, there's pride and arrogance that's attached to that, right? Mm -hmm. There's pride and arrogance. We don't ever want to be seen as being full of shit or, you know, false or even mistaken. Like our political leaders today, if they say something 10 years ago that was different, what do we do? Oh, you didn't say that before. Yeah. Right. 
Like you have to be the same person you were 30 years ago. Yeah, just like what you said with uh, with Ali, dude. You know, if you're the same person, you wasted that time. You know, all of us grow and change. So um, you've had some places in life where you've grown and changed and probably weren't very comfortable when those moments came. Yeah. I mean, there's just realizing that I'm not as strong as I, you know, think I am in certain situations. Definitely. You know, it's, it's, the ego is a motherfucker. And I've said that before. I've said that before, but the ego is a motherfucker, man, because, you know, it don't like to be touched. It don't want to be fucked with. And if you don't have an ego and there's people that don't, you know, that, and I just, I give, I'm almost in awe of them. Like people who are just willing to accept things as what they are. Yeah. And for me, I almost say it's like, well, you're getting walked over. Well, yeah, but you also don't got any problems in your life. So it's like, you know, it depends. It's perspective, you know, just you're kind of just doing your thing, floating along. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. For me, I, I can't do that. You know, I was even telling you today, you know, it was in, I was in the bank and this guy just started going off on the girl. So I just stood up. There was 15 people in the bank and not one person did. <laughs> and then I was just like, I had to, you know, I yeah. felt it wasn't comfortable. Like, I mean, my heart was pumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just was like, this is, this is what a well, good person would do. Well, tell the people what the fuck was going on. Paint the picture. <laughs> all right. So you I was just talking about some random shit. Uh, all right. right. So I was in know. the, I was in the bank today, um, just grabbing some money. And there was this probably 50, 55 year old man. And he was just berating this teller. Mm. And he wanted, he wanted something that wasn't possible. And she was trying to explain it to him. And she, he just kept going in on her, just basically, you know, cursing at her. And I finally just, I finally just asked the dude, like, what the fuck's your problem, man? I go, she's doing the best she can. Mm. And I just go, well, I also said, I go, you look like a fucking idiot is what I, you know, (laughs) I said to him, I was just like, you look like an idiot, bro. You an adult. She's like 30 years younger than you, man. What are you doing? And I go, that's embarrassing, bro. You were like a hero. Well, nah, well. Well, you were like a hero. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't <laughs> think so. Give your, you did give your card out, though, at the end of that shit. Like, oh, well, that was, yeah, well, I, <laughs> I hollered at, well, that wasn't the bank teller that I was, that was the one I was working with. But then afterwards, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> but I totally use my, I totally use my job though. Like, Hey, if you ever looking for work, I know a lot of companies that like bank tellers, uh-huh. my number's on there. Go ahead and get at me. So it was, it was, See, I, I, I can't picture Spider-Man being like, by the way, I also do photographs. Yeah. 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 If you need a, if you need a picture, here's my card. Yeah. But it was just, it felt like a mic drop uh-huh. and I, and I was just like, yo, and if you need to get at me. It's so corny now that I look back at it, but it felt so good in the moment. Oh, you came out the bag on fire, too. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Chest all puffed yeah. up. What's the book, man? What? That's the, that's the ego, man. That's 100%. Ego. So here's my ego sometimes. You remember that episode on Seinfeld where the woman came in and saw George right after he got out of the pool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his, his little wee wee is, is weenie. You know what I mean? What did he say? I was at the pool. 
Yeah. I was in the pool. Oh, I don't I, know what it looked like because it was a PG yeah. show, but it probably looked like a piece of gum stuck in the carpet. Yeah. What you know about shrinkage? <laughs> well, that's my ego sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I think it's I think it's pretty big, but then somebody else looks at it and it's oh shit. That, aww, yeah. Aww. Let's, let's put a sweater on that's that motherfucker. Cute. That's cute. That's <laughs> cute. But you know that 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 moment where I got that music back from Rob, and it was dance music. I'm like, dude, I don't do this. Yeah, you know. And what I said to him, I said, you know, I'm gonna honor what you what you made, and I'm gonna go into the studio. I'm gonna give it everything that I have, right? And if the if it doesn't work, we'll take what we record on the mic and then just make new music for it, right? But then I started thinking after I fucking went to the studio. I used to do rock. I never did rap. You know, this is all new to me, yeah. right? But um, the song came out great. I think it was one of the best songs we did up to that point, to be honest with you. Um, and it, it ends up being the last song on this album. Um, and it's very appropriate that it was a fun song because um, The Storm of Clouds and Smoke, which was the title of this album, was in a lot of ways, it was a little bit of darkness. You know, the first album, Headspace, it was a lot of shit that was in my head that I just wanted to fucking talk about. So that's what I talked about first. You know, like fucking Banks and the War on Drugs and all this shit. But this album, um, I kind of felt like in, in the world, sometimes we get lost. Mm. And that's what that that's what a lot of this track mm. is, right? This, this album, Lost in the Storm of Clouds and Smoke. Can't see my way clear. You know what I mean? But this last song, Built for This, um, it's very similar to our first episode on the podcast, The Ugly Truth, because Built for This is about my relationship with that page. And you know, because you're a poet, right? You write you write your thoughts and your emotions and you put it on that page sometimes. Now, to be honest with yourself, and that page is some of the hardest work you'll ever do, you know what I mean? To actually dig down deep and say that uncomfortable thing that you have to say. Right. So that's the kind of comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think as creative people, we have to be. You know, I think people can tell when you're bullshitting, mm. you know, it's, it's really easy, you know? So even when you're, especially with music, like I've, I talked about me, you know, shooting people, working on the streets, like doing all this, selling drugs. It's like, bro, you a corny as a dude who dresses in button ups. Like, no, no, you ain't, you ain't, you, you know, you ain't no Walter White, bro. You ain't, you ain't breaking bad, you know, you ain't doing that shit. So I think, you know, it, it it's really easy to see and it gets skewed a lot too within like music. Now I'll be listening to music and I'm like, bro, you 15 years old. Like, what do you really know? Yeah. You know, and I may be wrong. That just maybe, maybe, maybe he did live that life, but you know, it's, it's always crazy when you think about Tupac because, you know, he was this gangster rapper, one of the best ever. I mean, some people say the best ever, but, you know, he was an art kid. Mm. Like he was literally was in like art school. <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy the transitions that people can make. And that's just, you know, that's a comfortable, I mean, I don't know if he was, I mean, sure he was uncomfortable since he, his life was on the line every once in a while. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just, you know, giving your your true authentic self and telling people exactly who you are, you know, it's scary because you don't know how someone else is going to react. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. you can, 
you know, you could tell someone your deep, darkest secrets and then all of a sudden they look at you in a different light and you're not the same person you were anymore. Mm. The person that they, you know, for instance, like, like they liked friendship wise or even like they, they loved and they're just like, I'm actually kind of scared of you now. And you know, that's, that could be scary to tell the truth. Mm. No, that's why it's easy. It's easy to lie. You know, I mean, fuck, we've all done it, you know, some, in some capacity, but trying to be, trying to be the best you and then just, you know, being honest. You know, I I don't, I'm sure I've said this on this podcast before, but even one of my, my Mark Twain quotes, it's like, if you, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Yes. And I, I I really like that quote because it's true. (laughs) You just, just tell the truth and. Life is a lot easier. You know, this song, it, it kind of bookends this album. The first song in this album was Motherfucker or Hum, which is hum. the actual title of it because you can't put Motherfucker on the radio, right? Yeah. But, you know, Motherfucker was that song that's about saying the thing that most people are uncomfortable saying. I'm that motherfucker that's going to say that thing, right? And built for this, it's kind of similar, right? Like some of the lyrics was... um, uh, you know, baby, I'm built for this, the way lips fit that kiss, right? So I've, I've always thought about a kiss as um, like there's a place where our words fall short of expressing how we feel for somebody. And, and the kiss was invented by somebody that wanted to express it, but because words fell shy, that's the way that they put it. Right. Like in my mind, that's kind of the way a kiss became a kiss. Right. Is is this is what they wanted to say, but they couldn't use their words. Right. So when the song built for this, that's kind of the idea. Right. Is, um, you know, I, I am built for it just like a kiss is to express that that feeling. You know what I mean? As a poet. Um, but th- this song and Motherfucker kind of bookend this album. And it's kind of a similar thing, you know? Like one is about saying the f- uncomfortable thing, and the other one is about writing the uncomfortable thing, you know? But I've always been that person that looks for ways to grow spiritually, mentally, all that, you know? Yeah, you you definitely are. One thing that... <clears throat> And I, I know I always talk about reading, but that's the one thing I always get about reading too. Is like I get, you know, I'll read, I read things that I don't agree with all the time. But it's just like it's it's funny because I'll hold the book up, I'll read something, and then I'll put it down, and I'll just sit there and think. Mm. And because I because I just often think I'm just wrong a lot. What? Yeah. Don't say that. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I know I'm right. I think but, you're wrong, dude. <laughs> no, I mean, I know I'm always right. You know, no, I'm just fucking <laughs> right. But, but I, you know, I like when I read things that I don't agree with. It's like I almost feel like maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I'm wrong because this person had to have a real thought process to write this. It wasn't like they're just freestyling a book and then they just turn it into a publishing house and they're just like, yeah, we'll print this. Mm. You know, it's like. They really thought about something. So I was like, maybe I've been thinking about this wrong, which makes me feel uncomfortable because I was like, well, everything I knew is not aligning with what this is saying. And that's just one one aspect that I've always really enjoyed about reading nonfiction mm. is 
even even history, you know, when people say <laughs> it's gonna sound double like like the pyramids were tombs were the pharaohs. It's like bra. No, they weren't. You know, when I hear that, it like makes my ears cringe. <laughs> like I, I just heard it when I was watching this documentary and I was like, bro, you a PhD doctor. Don't be fucking saying that shit. Oh, it's amazing the shit that people get wrong, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. Do you know that you go back in time, there was a time where doctors were legally required to read your horoscope. Hmm? Before, <laughs> I didn't know before, that. Before performing any medical procedure, <laughs> so according to, oh, my boy says uh, he always laughs because he goes, "I think the moon is regressing like Gatorade." He always says like joking around or something like that. But he's like, "Yeah, I think the regression is Gatorade tonight." And it but just, can you imagine that shit? Like you're there for the fucking proctologist to stick the finger in the ass, and they got to read the like, horoscope. Hold up. Hold up. Today looks like you'll have a fantastic day. All right, glove up, Doc. Let's go. Be open to new experiences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try to relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, <laughs> breathe. The moon Just, is moving in the Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That's funny. So in the world we live in, right? The world is, is fucking disruptive, right? Mm -hmm. It is disruptive. And it seems to be accelerating in the changes that it has. Do we even have time to find balance or is the day-to-day day, day, to day stress becoming uh, a tougher challenge as, as everything seems to accelerate? Well, it's, it's definitely tougher. You know, one thing that we've talked about in this podcast is, you know, the war on the poor mm. and, you know, the middle class is shrinking every day, you know, and that just means the rat race of life is going faster you know, it's, you know, I couldn't even imagine, <clears throat> like, I I can't even imagine what, like, the world's going to be like in 10 years. Because if you look at, like, how things were even 10 years ago, it's drastically different. Ready Player One. That's my favorite, that's one of my that's, favorite that's books, bro. Dude, my, that's honestly one of my favorite books of all time. Clive Owen. I never Owen. read it, but I've watched the movie and I think that's where we're headed, Oh, dude. bro. Clive Owen, I think he's a Mormon. That's what the whole- I think he's from the future. Well, he- That motherfucker's well, from the future. You know, it, it, it may be. It may be because the first time I read that, I, I I can't even remember the first time. I read it when it almost first came out. And I just remember being like, yeah, we're only like 20 years away from this shit. You know, okay, I got one for you today. Mm. Okay, this is something I've thought about. So like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I said this, okay? Mm. I said, eventually the world is going to be Google, Apple, Samsung. Like, or not even Samsung, but like another another company or like something. Okay. But, I, but I said Google and Apple because they were the biggest. Today, Apple launched Apple Bank. Mm. Okay? Now, it's only a matter of time before they, you know, implement Apple Insurance, then there's only going to be like five, four or five entities that you can go with. And that's going to be your crew. And I'm telling you, like, we're going towards like Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Like more and more and more every day. And it's crazy to see. Like we talk about sanctions and districts and all this stuff. The fact that like gerrymandering, like it happens, like it's it's happening, man. Like it's a hundred percent happening. And when the rich can pay for their own militia, mm. 
to protect them from the poor, bro, it could happen in our lifetime. Stormtroopers, dude. Hundred percent. Stormtroopers. Hundred percent. Yeah, they're, they're gonna have robots walking around. They, they don't need us anymore. Nah. That's the start of COVID and coronavirus and all that stuff. That dude, this is the beginning. That was the first shot. Yeah. You know this uh, fentanyl stuff that's flooding into our streets. I mean, is another shot. You know what I mean? Like literally, we are expendable. And that's maybe my crazy ranting shit, right? But. Tell me it ain't so when you look outside. I mean, if if you do, it's it's sometimes hard. Like, you know, have we said where we are? Does it matter? Yeah, we've it... said Seattle. Okay. If you go to downtown Seattle, it looks like a fucking war zone. Mm. It's insane. And, you know, all these liberal laws that are just letting people do whatever the fuck they want just blows my mind. You know, and then you have the other side of it to where there's so much wealth here. Like, it's a really crazy place because the disparity of wealth here is insane. You know, the fact that we have six of the biggest companies on the planet, you know, just on their backyard. And then we have laws that just let people do drugs in the streets. Like, I mean, I've seen people take a shit in the street. Like when oh, I, was downtown. I saw a woman take. I saw a woman take a shit in the street, not even fucking wipe. She, she mean mugged it, brother. Oy. She just pulled her drawers back Oof. up. I mean, a fifty-year-old woman on Second Avenue in broad daylight taking yeah. a shit. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. But you're saying the disruption is real, mm. and you know, we've we've talked about the media aspect of it all, and it's just, it's uncomfortable to watch. You know, it is uncomfortable to watch because. You know, we always talk about, and I don't, it's, it's actually something that hasn't been talked about. Like when we were growing up, America was the greatest nation on the planet, but you don't hear that anymore. You notice? You don't hear it from, from people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, politicians say that bullshit, but that yeah. don't, they're, pff, don't even get me started on that bullshit. But yeah, I've never, heard, I never hear people being like, this is the greatest nation on the planet. A lot of people haven't been to another country either. That's, that's what's crazy. You're right. You're right. You know, it's funny how, I mean, I, I have heard a lot of people say that stuff in my lifetime, but it's funny how many of them don't have a passport and never <laughs> been anywhere. Yeah. Or you ask them what oceans are next to the United States and they have no idea. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, crazy. People who are uncomfortable with discomfort may run away from uncertainty and change. This issue can leave people in a state of attempting to control the world. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the world being bigger than me or the people that's in the world, right? Like we we either try to control the world or the people. Yeah. You know, are we delusional attempting to impose our will on the world? Is it fucking crazy? As in this country or ourselves? On, On everybody, like trying to arrange the lights, you know what I mean? Like trying to get everybody to dance to our fucking tune. You know, in our relationships, in the world, on our jobs. 100%, man. You're a dictator. Yeah. That's basically what you are. If you're trying to dictate everything in your life to make it work in a, like a, a particular way. Oh, you can't do that shit. It's like you a noodle. And I think <laughs> that the fear is, is, is being uncomfortable. Like, that's why I think people try to control that shit. Is we don't like to be uncomfortable. What's so bad? We're all uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we're all uncomfortable. Which means we all should, I mean, on the flip side, then if that's the case, then just be comfortable. 
Right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's not that. It's okay. This is what I used to say to my daughter when she was young. I'd say to her, listen, if, if, if fear comes at you, if you run away from that fear, a thousand more fears are going to come after you. If you face that fear, that fear will run away from you. Mm. Right? Bars. And it's true. It's true. That's the way that you get comfortable in the uncomfortable. When I first started going into the studio, I wasn't comfortable with that stuff. Dude, I had to learn and be taught and be open to being taught. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm standing in front of Randy, he's telling me, uh, try this, do this, you know, and now he doesn't do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like now we're talking about our lives, you know, when I go into the studio, you know, and we're able to multitask. We're able (laughs) to be about the business and talk about politics and catch up on each other's lives, you know, but we're also on our game too. Yeah. You know, that's what practice is, right? It's comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Then you just get, then it just becomes normal. Yeah. Which on the flip side, it's like, you know, pop, like I, for some reason, poverty just, so it's sad when like poverty becomes your norm and you're just used to it, Mm. you know, like, oh, it's just gunshots. Ooh. You know, growing up in Yakima, like I would hear that shit all the time. You know, it's, it's just like my, my best friend and I used to play the game, hit the deck Mm. and we used to do it as a joke. But then as we got like 15, we're like, yeah, bro, there's like drive-bys. That's why we do it. And you're just like, holy shit. You ever been shot at? Um, I've, I've never been shot at, but I've had a gun pulled on me. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, never, never been shot at though. I've been shot at and I've had guns pulled on me a few times. Yeah. But you know, when I was shot at, it was really a mistaken shot at. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, so like I'm from Daytona Beach, which is not country, right? (laughs) But but there is country around Daytona. And I also had some friends from country, right? That cousin I was talking about and some other people that I knew. So I knew some of the country rules, right? Now, if you're going, if you're cutting through somebody's property and they got, you know, signs that says no, no trespassing, uh, trespassers will be shot. They are not fucking around. And I said to my friends, uh, fuck it, let's go anyway. Wow, <laughs> right? boy. So what I told to my, my two buddies, and they weren't country, but I knew country. And I said, listen, if you hear gunshots, stand still. Do not run. Because that first shot, they're trying to figure out which direction to shoot next. Right? So you tell somebody some shit like that, you're pretty confident that them motherfuckers are going to do exactly what you say so you won't get bullets flying past your fucking head, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or at least I was when I was 17 because that's what the fuck I was. So here we are cutting through somebody's property and guess what? You hear <gasps> into the fucking sky, right? And I look at my friends and both of them took off fucking running. And I remember thinking to myself at that moment, God damn, we're going to get shot. And here comes two more fucking shots and they're flying right past our fucking heads. That's wild. It was wild. That's dude. wild. It was wild. I was, I was running through the fucking dark. If you've ever ran through the woods in the dark with bullets flying past your head and there's no good reason, you feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there was no good reason. I was just trying to cut through some woods so I didn't have to walk farther. Yeah. Right. Like that was the reason. Yeah. It saved me half an hour. Yeah. And here I am getting shot at. Shot at. at. Yeah. There was the only time I've ever like, because, you know, growing up in Yakima, there's a lot of orchards 
And, you know, we would go to like parties and stuff in high school. We'd run through the orchards, but it was like fun mm. because I don't know. We just never, it wasn't an era where like, it didn't ever feel like cops were going to shoot at you because they were just like high school parties. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't like that serious, you know, but it was mostly like us just running. And that was like the only time I ever did that. And you'd like fall and hurt yourself a little bit, but getting shot at, yeah, mm. man, it's nothing that I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's funny, you know, the, talk about comfortable being uncomfortable, okay? Stuff like that didn't, didn't make me uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, but you got to understand, I came from a, a, a severely alcoholic home. By the time I was nine, I had guns to my head, knives to my throat, physically forced into crime. I had, I had seen some darkness, and it had been around that stuff. You know that show, uh, Shameless? Yeah. That's my house. You know, like that was the kind of shit that I saw okay. all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. And then the the stuff that makes me uncomfortable or made me uncomfortable was like doing like normal shit. Yeah. Right? Like, like going and opening up a bank account. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, right? get your driver's license. Get yeah. my driver's license. Yeah. yeah. Just normal shit. Like <clears throat> that was the stuff that made me uncomfortable. Um, and But I, I recognize that the way I came up wasn't normal. And that now I had to relearn to, to be part of people's like normal society, right? Like most people didn't have some of the things that, that I had growing up. Absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely did it, yeah. you know, not, not at all. I got, I got lucky though, too, because it's not like that shit wasn't happening around Yakima, but they, like my, my friends recognized really early that I was good at school and soccer so they like would tell me to go home when shit was going to go down. Oh yeah. They'd be like, no. Get, and I'd be like, no nah, man, I want to, you know, be here. And they're like, go. You the got a fuck, future. Yeah. Go yeah. the fuck home. Like you don't need to be part of this shit, bro. Your friends took care of you, dude. hundred percent. I look back at it now and they hundred percent did. When you went into that story of the dark side of Anthony and, and you told about like when you guys got pulled over and your buddy was like, look, I'm going to take this thing yeah. on and you got this going on. Dude, your friends. Yeah, it's insane. You had a crew. Uh, they, and it's crazy because I, I just talked to one of them last night. You know, I still, the it's like, mm. it's 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 a little less of us now, but there's like, you know, three of us that are still super tight. And it's, mm. you know, 34 years later, 35 years later, we're still hella tight. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of getting off topic, low on time because we're doing a shorter episode. Oh. Yeah, so this this topic we're going to extend for one more week, but I'm going to take it in a different direction next week. Cool. Right? So we're going to get deeper into this topic of being comfortable in the uncomfortable, but from another aspect that you might not see coming. But we're going to cut this motherfucker short because um, I, I, I record a little episode with Amelia, and um, that's, I think, a cool one because I need to get out and start to actually do some live shows. And there hasn't been a lot of people that's ever seen me perform, but I thought it was very fitting that on the episode built for this, right, where it's all about that relationship with the page, and I took an uncomfortable song for me to perform at, at, at the studio, right, as the topic. And and I usually run show, you know, my songs by her. You know what I mean? Like I perform it for her, new stuff. I'm like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And she gives me her two cents. And I'll tell you one thing about her that I fucking appreciate. Um, she is not the kind of person to bullshit. 
she would not say what she thought unless she thought it. And I fucking love that about her. Right. Those are my, those are my people. Right. But anyways, so she's coming up here. It's a little bit of a special episode. Um, Ace Cannon is back. I'm back y'all. And uh, we're going to continue this discussion next week. Thanks for tuning in to Truth to Power. You know I just jump into shit, right? Well, I'm, I'm going to try and follow. <laughs> <laughs> See how this goes. Oh, so today, this is Curious G, and um, today we have somebody special to me. This is Miss Amelia. Hello. How you doing today, Miss Amelia? Mm, awesome. You are awesome. Um, so... You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about on this particular episode is we're diving into a song called Built for This. And I, I talked to you a little bit about what this song is about. Do you remember what it is about? Refresh my Ooh, memory. Ooh, she doesn't remember. I, I just know. told you last week, hippie. I know. I, I, you know. I'm dealing with a hippie here. I don't think. I'm a hippie and she, I do uh, have a short term <laughs> I could probably remember. It'll just take me a minute. Did, um, did you smoke some weed today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm dealing with a weeded hippie. I'm dealing with a weeded hippie. No, so this song built for this. It was about my relationship with the paper. Okay. And it sounds like if you remember the song, that little dancing motherfucker that we yeah, heard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So th- that one, like, it, it talks about kind of a woman in there, but it's not actually a woman. It's actually the the page. Um, and the reason why I kind of framed it that way is because I think of 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 art a little bit like a woman in a sense that there's a nurturing that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it can give birth to wonderful ideas, right? This, right. this page. Um, but what it takes for me is an honest relationship with that page. It takes some, uh, vulnerability, it takes some honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a little bit of a willingness to, um, look at that stuff within myself, you know, mm-hmm. or the world. And, and to be honest with you, um, the world isn't always pretty and, and neither is human nature. True. You know, so um, I've actually had to be um, comfortable being uncomfortable as a poet. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I remembered. I remembered a little bit. It was getting, yeah, to the poetry. It was about poetry, right? How you write poetry and... What yeah. you just explained. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you're a little bit of a writer. You've written some poetry. Yeah. A little bit mm-hmm. here and there. I, I need to freshen up my skills. But, mm. but yeah, I, I'm pretty good, I guess. Well, you are um, a, an incredibly honest and, and real person. You know what I mean? Like that is one of the things that connected me to you more than anything else. Yeah. Is I felt... The first couple of times that we met, I felt, oh my God, this is a, a goddamn genuine, authentic human being. And and you resonated for me, like with, with your personality. So um, were you that honest when you wrote your poetry? Um, I I feel like I'm, I'm usually always honest when I write my poetry because it's always like it comes from what I'm feeling. Whatever comes out is usually... The truth is usually how I fit my truth anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like, yeah. And that's why I was so excited to have Amelia on here because um, a lot of you guys might not realize this, but I haven't really performed very much. I've, I've focused on this creative stuff. I've focused on the writing stuff of my music. 
But as of yet, I've only performed for friends, right? And um, you're actually the person I've performed for more than anybody else. Yes. <laughs> and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> and it's like, I, I usually show you my new stuff. And I, I say that you're one of the people that if you like it, some other people would probably like it. Yeah. Know? It's been it's been great, like, you know, listening and and being being able to critique you a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's usually good, all good stuff. So, you know, and and some real some real shit, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You give me the real shit. (laughs) What did you think the first time I told you I rapped? Um, I was like, really? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know. Um, I didn't really I couldn't really, you know, picture your style of rap. So, I mean, you know, when you performed for me the first time and you let me hear it, I was like, wow, you know, I was impressed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You didn't yes. think an old man could do that shit? Well, I mean, you know. Because I'm OAF, right? <laughs> OAF. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, that's old as fuck. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. So you didn't oh, know sorry. that. She just, she's going to play like she knows, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> No. See you you YAF. Young as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So right. but this is why I, I wanted to kind of show you my stuff is because I figure if your generation can connect with what I'm doing, um, I would know that from you because I do see you as an authentic person. And I didn't think that you would like blow smoke up my ass. Yeah. And and that's really the the kind of friendships that that I like. Right. Um I tell Rob, which is the guy that mixes my music all the time, um, he's the beat maker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I tell him all the time, dude, you've got to keep me straight because I don't always know what right looks like. Right. Like you that. know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like I look for authentic people. Same. Mm. Yeah. 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 What's your motivation to be authentic? Um, I think it's all the fake people, <laughs> all the fake people that, you know, that are in the world that sometimes you come across or just like, you know, I, f- I feel like that may be my motivation. Um, you expect people to be authentic, you know, a lot of them aren't, but I don't really know any other way to be. Um, I feel like also, you you treat people how you want to be treated. So, like I said, you would hope for people to be authentic with you. So it's like easy for me to be authentic mm. <laughs> because I I want people to be the same way, but um, I don't always get that, which is whatever. <laughs> I've really appreciated your friendship. I don't know how long we've known each other. What would you say? Mm. Over. Over six months, right? Yeah, probably over yeah. six months. I would yeah. say six, seven months, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and we've told each other, I've told you all kinds of stuff about me. Yeah. I've probably been as honest with Amelia as I am with the page, which is pretty, pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't told me to kiss your ass yet. No. <laughs> you know. No. Um, and one of the things you should know about Amelia, there will be a song at some point that, that comes across the podcast and it, it's called Innocence Kept. And it's about your authenticity a lot of the time. It's it, in this world, um, in this world, when we have that innocence, when we have that childlike authenticity, you know, mm-hmm. um, the world sometimes takes that stuff from us. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm amazed by you. 
I don't know if you know that, that, that you've been able to hold on to that, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's important to you. It is. It is. I mean, I don't know if I, I know that I've kept it somehow, some way. I mean, I, I'll, you know, that inner child in me, you know, I don't really hide it. You mm. know, I mean, you know, life isn't always easy, but, you know, I feel like you got to, you know, keep that inner child alive, alive, not yeah. tucked away, you know, so always <laughs> mm. sometimes you do have to, but, you know. So let me tell you a little bit about the making of this song. When when I wrote these lyrics, it was about that page. And when I sent the lyrics off to Rob, we, we've written music in different ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, he throws out a beat and I listen to it. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Or uh, sometimes I hit him up with the lyrics. Sometimes I kind of tell him what I want from the music. Mm-hmm. But in this song, I said, this is about my relationship with the page. I want you to give me the kind of music that's about your relationship with your keyboard where you're making this music. And he actually came back with this dance thing. And he said, you know, reading the lyrics, he says, this is what I I felt. And this is, this is it, you know? Um, And honestly, dance is not what I did. (laughs) Right. Like my, my style of rap is a little bit aggressive. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. It can be. It can be. It can can be. be a little poetic sometimes. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, but not dancey. No. <laughs> you picture me doing dance music? No. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> it sounded it sounded good though. <laughs> it did sound good. Yeah. <laughs> and and what I actually said to Rob, because sometimes we don't see things coming. Right. Right. I didn't see you coming, you know, as a friend. Same. Right. <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> that, that you would be the good friend that you are today. Um, but this song, like when he came back with this music, I was like, ah. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I don't want to disrespect him because he took the time to to, to make this music for me. Right. right. So for me, um, I wanted to honor Rob and and give it everything I had. But I actually said to him, I said, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Just don't know if I can do this. And I said, tell you what, man, we'll do this. We'll record it in the studio. But if it comes out like ass. <laughs> We're going to redo the music and we'll just keep the vocals the way they were. And um, I remember what I said to him on the phone is, you know what? I've learned as an old motherfucker that's trying to rap, <laughs> I've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's kind of what I learned in this song. Yeah. So do I seem comfortable with rap now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah. How did you like your song? I loved it. I loved it. You surprised me. I didn't know exact, not surprised me because I didn't know you could rap because I obviously have heard many of your songs and you're really good, but just because I didn't know what I was going to inspire. You know, (laughs) I've written some songs for people that didn't expect it, I think. Um, I actually wrote some stuff for Rob, which is my music, dude, and we haven't recorded it. It's actually the next time I go in the studio. It's all about oh, okay. it, it's all about sound and music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of call him out a couple of times in a few of my songs, um, like give him little props. Right. And, uh, you know, they say a lot of people don't do that for the beat makers. And um, a lot of people don't put them in the credits. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to take credit for anything because... Um, 
you know, I feel like music is all about connection and mm -hmm. we take our inspiration where we can get it. And I don't know if you know this, but I, I relate very deeply to you. Do you know this? Mm. I know now. <laughs> you know now. I, see, we've shared each other's stories and I'm not going to give any of your story, but um, both of us have had darkness when we were kids growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, there were, there were some challenges, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not asking you to talk about any of that stuff, but um, it amazes me when people like us come through that and hold on to that innocence. Right. Um, so when, that, when I wrote that song uh, for you, about you, I, I related to it. And that's why I was able to do that um, because I, I, I want to believe that I can hold on to my innocence. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, so this song is built for this. Um, and it's kind of about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So um, do you have yeah. any experience with that? I was going to say, I like that because um, I think that's something that I need to work on is being more comfortable with uncomfortable, you know, in the right, in the right, you know, setting or whatever, you know, I mean, sometimes you just get comfortable with the uncomfortable because you have to, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. as you know, in life, but. I think like sometimes the uncomfortable pushes us in, you know, a better place or, you know, you can learn more, you know, or see more and, you know, be more, whatever. Sometimes you have to be uncomfortable for those things to happen. So, mm. yeah. And I've shared this with you. What what are the reasons why, um, why I'm your friend and why I value our friendship so much is, you know, I was married 18 years. And at the end of, of that relationship, I really was working on being friends with women. And today I actually have a lot of, of female friends, but I didn't want to be that dude that like got out of a, a bad relationship kind of, and then like was, was hateful towards right, women. Right. Right. How do you think I'm doing with that shit? I think you do amazing. <laughs> I don't, you, you don't come off as a, as a woman hater. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Cause all. I, truth be told, I love all y'all motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I get from you. You know, I, I get that you appreciate women. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, I do so. appreciate you. And, you know, I very much appreciate your time. Um, before I let you go and we run out of this motherfucker, um, I just kind of wanted to get your overall impression of this journey that, that I've been on um, since you've known me. What's your impression? My impression is that you, um, you work hard. You got a ton of great ideas and a ton of great music. You're really good at writing and you have a lot, a lot to work. Like you got a lot of work. <laughs> you got a lot of, a lot of um, ideas and everything that you want to do. And I think that you, you can do it. <laughs> and I'm doing it, you know, and it's, it's not just about making the music for me. Um, you know, this, this truth to power podcast and the music that I'm doing, I really am trying to bring people together through the lens of art you right. know, to, to connect to people. And um, I really want to connect to your generation. Yeah. Because your generation has a lot more motherfucking time on your hands than my generation. True. Right. When you get kids and careers and all that shit, we get busy as fuck. Mm -hmm. And you guys, um, you know, in your 20s or even a little bit younger, you guys haven't really um, sometimes got the commitments that, that, that my generation has. Yeah. And, and sometimes you guys connect more to art 
and music mm-hmm. and and that stuff is still happening where i've got a friend right the guy a guy that i'm buddies with we're the same age mm-hmm. he listens to the same music that we listened to in high school oh, really? yeah like <laughs> i love the dude and i listen yeah. to all that stuff too right but like Dude, somebody else besides Motley Crue exists. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? There's motherfuckers making music today. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I've always been the guy that's that's tried to evolve a little bit with my mm-hmm. taste. But to be honest with you, um, it gets a little complicated. I almost feel like I've I I've you know, I've I've got people that I listen to that are fresh and new today, mm-hmm. but it's hard to keep up. Because there's so much music coming out. There is. Um, what, what's some of the musicians that you're into? You know what? To be honest, I'm very... I don't really... I actually thought about this not too long ago. Somebody asked me, oh, who's your favorite artist? And I'm like, I don't really have a favorite. I listen to whatever catches my ear. And like, I listen to rap, but I listen to R&B. I listen to old music. You know, like I listen to all types of genres. Because I grew up listening to different stuff. So I don't mm. really have a favorite. <laughs> What's that shirt you're wearing? This is Death Row. I mean, I like, you know, Tupac mm. in that whole era. <laughs> um, for sure. But Tupac's like, I don't have a favorite. But mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love, I appreciate all music. Sounds good. If it sounds good and it has a good beat, then yeah. Mm. Yeah. You still never heard none of my rock and roll stuff. One of these days, I'm gonna have to no tune you as up. As long on as that it's thing. not like yelling, that kind of. Oh, rock. I don't yell. Okay. I don't. No, I. <laughs> as no, long as no, it's no, not no, the no. like crazy yelling. No hell no. Like that kind of rock. No, I but... don't. I don't really particularly sing. Okay. Like I'm not a singer. If I could, if I could have sang, I wouldn't be doing this rap stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah. So one of these days, I'll have to break out the guitar for you and shit yeah. like that. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not a really that much of a rock fan. That would be more of your sister, right? Right. Yeah, she's. But the rock. there's, I mean, the, I can appreciate some rock. Like I said, if it's not like the yelling, like the screamo, scream. Okay, what is it called? Screamo. Yeah, that. Now yeah. that <laughs> mm. nah, I can't do with mm. that. But mm. me neither. <laughs> no. Okay. Me neither. To be <laughs> okay. honest with you. In fact, when I was when I was a young teenager, there was a band called Metallica that was out. You've yeah, heard of them, Metallica, motherfuckers. Yes. Okay. So they had the um, uh, Master Puppets album out when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. And I made fun of that shit. Uh-huh. I was like, fuck them motherfuckers. All they do is scream. They ain't got no sense. I think <laughs> and, my sister likes them. <laughs> and my best friend, well, one of my best friends, he uh, he gave me uh, a record album, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, here, take this motherfucker home. Check out the lyrics. Because he knew I was a lyricist. In right. my high school, I wrote lyrics for all the different bands, mm-hmm. right? Hip hop, country, rock. It didn't fucking yeah. matter. Punk. Nice. I just wrote lyrics for yeah. people, right? It was like drug dealers. Right, do what you want with them. Yeah, exactly. They'd come over there and be like, hey man, what you got? And I'd break out the papers and shit, right. spread it all out. They'd read through the shit. They'd be like, oh, this motherfucker right here. And I'd, you know, we'd nice. make deals for the shit, right? So I was, it was my side hustle. Right. Right? That was my side That's hustle. That's cool side hustle. And, and, and my buddy Doug, he's like, check out Metallica. It's got good lyrics. And I poo-pooed it. Uh-huh. But I, I took the shit home. And to be honest with you, I stayed out all night with this girl. Uh-huh. Weakness is is women for uh-huh. me. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we stayed out all night and I got I got home the next day and it was summer vacation. So my mom took away all my music, all oh. of it. But she didn't get that album because right. I didn't keep it with my music because it wasn't mine. <laughs> right. right. So like I got put on restriction. I'm in my room for two weeks, right? <laughs> 
And I've got the headphones on, and I'm listening to this record over and over and over, and I'm checking out all the lyrics. I'm like, these motherfuckers are good. <laughs> and that's how I got into the hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just had to crack the seal and get mm-hmm. me in a bit. But, you know, today I do relate to a lot of different styles of music, but I did never like that screaming stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's always been important for me that somebody had something to say. Right. And uh, if, if anything... You know, my lyrics do have something to say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got some deep stuff. I do. That's one thing I'll say about like um, my generation is there's a lot of artists, but a lot of them aren't really talking about much. Like, you know, well, so that that's, could be part of the reason why like maybe somebody my age wouldn't relay or younger. I'd say a little bit younger. Um, wouldn't, you know, they have to be. I don't know, deep or what do you call it? Woke. woke <laughs> you know <woke. laughs> what they say? Woke. <laughs> woke don't mean to think. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Some, cause, cause there's a lot of like, even rappers that just aren't really talking about much. <laughs> mm. There's a, a rapper for the roots uh, called black thought. I don't know if you ever listened to the roots. I've heard some of their music, yeah. Yeah, there's a song that he, uh, the Black Thought did called Nothing to Say or or Nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. I think it's Nothing to Say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's talking about, you know, how many people don't have nothing to say these mm-hmm. days, you know, nothing original. Right. Um, and, you know, he's one of the people that inspired me. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of feel like I do have some things to say. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if people are going to be able to hear it. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, cause, and I think part of the reason is, is cause there's certain styles of music that gets promoted, you know, and I think sometimes the people that promote music don't want us to have anything of, of weight to be heard. Right. You know, uh, that's true. But then there is, um, a big, um, group of people that do, or they want to actually hear, you know, mm. something deep and something that they actually relate to, you know, do you like it? Do you like deep? I like deep. I feel like I'm kind of a deep type of person. But don't get me wrong. I like a little bit of both because I like, you know, a little, you know, like I said, if the beat's nice, then I might just like to listen to it, you know. But I, I like deep for sure. I like something that, you know, I can learn from or I can relate to, you know, or be like, oh, dang, that mm. was that was nice. You know, that was deep. <laughs> Usually <laughs> that's how it goes. It's like, you know. And I feel like you got you got some deep some deep shit. <laughs> well, if I resonate with you, then I feel like I can connect to your generation, and that's really all I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things about this song is it's one of the most honest songs that I have. It's the last song in this album, mm-hmm. and it's the last song on the the prophet, which is um, all of the work that that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a little confused. It's the last song on this album, which is the second album of the of the three albums. But it kind of brings an end to the darkest part of the of the project. So this this album is called um, Storm of Clouds and Smoke. Okay. And sometimes I feel like we get lost inside of the distractions of this world, and that's kind of what this album focused on is, is the distractions of this world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this song is kind of like, I wasn't sure if I could rap. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it. And by the time I did this song, I felt like, oh, I can do this motherfucker. In fact, I'm built for this. Right. That was the idea of the lyrics. (laughs) Right. But it wasn't just that, like, 
It was also, am I going to be able to be as honest as this world needs to get out some of the messages that I'm challenging, right? Yeah. Like songs like Churches and, and, and things like Jungle that takes on the war on drugs, right? Mm -hmm. um, could I be that honest? And um, I feel like some of the stuff that I'm bringing out, like this is the kind of shit people get shot for, right? Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, I'm built for this motherfucker, you know, cause I ain't, I ain't worried about none of that shit. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you. Um, I think the world needs to, um, have people come together a little bit because we're so divided. And if something doesn't happen, I think things are getting bad. It's getting dark out there, right? Yeah. It gets darker and darker. It seems like for sure. Are you afraid for the future? Uh -huh. I don't think I'm afraid. Mm. I'm just unsure. <laughs> mm. Unsure. Um, not afraid though. Because you're built for this too. Exactly. <laughs> All right. This is about it for us. <laughs> Curious G and Amelia. Um, beautiful human being. Uh, one of my dearest friends. And I so thank you for your time. Thank I you. really do. It is a pleasure to know you. Same. Mm. Well, this is Curious G. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Truth to Power. This week's episode is part one in a two-part series about being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And we're going to see if we can get a little bit uncomfortable with next week's topic. Hope you stay tuned and come back to it. With raisin lips and kiss. Capture us like we is. Calm whips dangerous. Darkness I move treacherous in these words I live. Fear not, I've been built for it. When truth hits, there is no miss. Target lock, here comes that kick. Genesis set the bomb to blast. Parting lips, my flesh like mass. Cracks smile every time they ask. Why do you gotta drive this fast? Catch it, there's an option, handle, get a grip. Me, I was built for it, I never slip. Like a tight frame walk, you gotta.